Money, 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 money. It's my favorite topic today, and I cannot wait to share today's guest with you. We're talking to Christopher Muizen, who has been living and breathing finances since he was a small child and has a wealth of knowledge about wealth. Now we're going to be diving deep into topics such as profit first, making more money and making your money work for you, plus building wealth even if you're making smaller amounts of revenue in your business. Now Christopher has been a financial advisor for years and he works especially with entrepreneurs and creatives and small business owners to help them make more money and profit in their business and bring more of that into their lives so they can take it home and actually benefit from all of their hard work. Now you're going to absolutely love this. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Well-Paid Creative Podcast, where we discover how to run a profitable and satisfying creative business. I'm your host, Gabrielle Chipier, and I'm going to share with you what I've learned in my 17 years as a creative pro, building my own business from barely scraping by to thriving. From attracting quality clients to charging what you're worth and creating amazing work you love without the risk of burnout and overwhelm. But I don't know it all, so in this podcast, we're going to learn a lot together as I interview experts and reflect on my own experiences, both the good and the bad. Before we dive into the show, if you want access to free resources, trainings, and a community of creative pros just like you, hop on over to wellpaidcreative.com where you can find all this and more. All right, let's dive in. Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I am here today with Christopher Muison, and we are about to talk about one of my favorite topics in the world, money. <laughs> so, yeah. Christopher, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Gabrielle. Wonderful. Okay, so tell us a little bit more about you. How have you gotten to be where you are today? Uh, I suppose the, the really quick version is uh, I grew up in a financial planning household, so I... Um, uh, I was lucky enough to be born to parents who had a financial planning business. Uh, you could say it's in the blood a little bit. And once I finished high school, I went down that path. I uh, never thought I was going to be a financial advisor, but um, it turns out, you know, a lot of the lessons that you learn around the dinner table, you know, we were investing when we were 10, 11, 12, 13. Um, that really sort of gives you a really good leap into, into the industry and uh, sort of found my way there after high school and, um, you know, went to self-employment, uh, created my own business, sold that in 2018, um, went and worked for a big corporate, decided to get out of that and uh, give advice the way that I think that advice should be given uh, and started my own business again in 2019, later in 2019, nearly 2020. Wonderful. So you've kind of been on the financial path for pretty much your entire adult life there. Then. Oh, I have, but there's been a few really key uh, key changes for me where um, you, know, you, you probably don't know this, but I actually live on a little vineyard in uh, the Pyrenees wine region in northwestern Victoria. And it's, it's named that because it emulates uh, the Pyrenees region in, uh, in France and Spain. And uh, for me, you know, whilst there's been a lot of lessons around money and investing and that sort of stuff, there's been a lot of self-discovery around what wealth actually means. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, you know, I've, I finally sort of figured it out. It's taken me nearly 10 years, um, but I've sort of finally sort of figured out that it's not just all about the dollars and the cents. Uh, it's also about, you know, being able to live life and, and you know, being surrounded by some beautiful country and that sort of stuff. 
Wow. I love what you said there about redefining or finding your own version of what wealth means. And I have a feeling that almost everybody kind of goes through that little bit of a transition in their life because, you know, when we start out in our careers, we're basically focused on the dollars and cents. And the more we work, the more we realize, well, there's got to be more to it than just money. So I imagine you do a lot of work with your clients around defining their own version of wealth. Yeah. And um, it's not even just to find your own version of wealth because a lot of people find it hard to get over the hurdle of, well, I want to retire or I want to have 5 million bucks or I want to have, you know, an extra, extra income. Uh, I find the best place to start is actually understanding what their values are, uh, what they mm-hmm. really value out of life. And that way you can start working towards that. And um, something that I learned um, early on in the piece, um, which was really profound for me was, you know, when you're making decisions and you base them on your values rather than what's happening in the moment, rather than on emotions and, and that sort of a thing, it's, that's when you can actually find a lot of happiness around that, that piece. And, um, you know, if you, you make the decision-making based on your values rather than those emotions, you, know, you you'll be happy long-term, even though there might be short-term discomfort. So uh, we really try and help clients define what their values are. Uh, and then work towards those and help them implement strategies around those values and uh, and how they can really um, achieve those from a financial perspective. Wow, I love that. So other than helping them to redefine wealth based on their values, are there any other steps in that process of finding out what wealth really means to you? Um, yes and no. Uh, yes, there, there is some extra steps, but it's it's one of the things where you really have to start to scratch the surface. And once you have, you know, there's there's that initial period where people go, well, this is what I really want to do. These are my values. This is the sort of stuff that I want to work towards. And then as you work with them over time, you uncover more and more stuff. And they understand that different things are actually achievable or available, or they'll start to work towards something and go, you know what? I actually don't really, really actually want that. That's something that I think that I should want, but uh, and so you start to scale it back or ramp it up and uh, and do those those sorts of things. And um, at the same time, there's there's a huge portion of, of of people that it is that monetary figure. It's that dollar figure. And so you know you've got to you've got to understand. I think this is where experience comes in from from my side of things. But understand when to keep pushing uh, and understand mm-hmm. when you know, that is actually some what someone wants to achieve. Oh, wonderful. So now you do a lot of work with entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yeah. I do a lot of work with, uh, with small business owners and yeah. Wonderful. So what would you say has been mm, one of the biggest lessons that you've learned with working with entrepreneurs from a financial standpoint? From a financial standpoint, uh, the biggest lesson is cash flow is king. Mm. Cash is absolutely king. You can have the most profitable business in the world, but if you are getting paid in June and you don't have enough money to make it there, it doesn't really make a difference. You're going to be insolvent. You're potentially going to go under. You might not be able to complete the work and that sort of thing, even though your profit margin might be incredible. So cash flow is is absolutely king. You need to have money coming in on a regular basis or you need to be able to have the ability to make it through long gaps uh, if you do have those gaps in payments and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So what kind of the, what does the process look like 
when, uh, you know, say we've got a fledgling entrepreneur who is just starting to get serious about managing their money and, Mm -hmm. you know, really becoming more profitable. What would you say are the first steps that they need to take to, even if it's just calling a financial advisor, but what were those first steps do you think are vital that they kind of get in place first? Um, yeah, uh, there's a couple that are that are really, really crucial. So the first one is, is understand where you want to be. Understand where you want to be, even if it is for now, just from a dollar figure. Um, understand what needs to come in. Um, so understand where you want to go and understand where you are at the moment. Um, the, the, biggest, the biggest mistake that a lot of people make, especially at the start of their business, is they think that they're just going to be an overnight success and it usually takes... Uh, usually takes two to three years before you really start getting some incredible traction and start making some really decent dollars. So you might be an overnight success, but chances are you're not, and that's going to be okay because you know most people aren't. Um, but you've got to make sure that you know where you want to get to, and you've got to take stock of what it is that you have and know when to actually pull the pin. So you've got to have you've got to have the ability there to go. All right, well. As a business owner, we might fail and that's okay, but this is the point of no return where it's actually going to be uh, really, really bad for me if I go under this. But um, uh, And so you might pull the pin out there, recuperate and, and try yourself again. So they're the first steps is understand what those thresholds are. Uh, and once you've done that and you're actually making money and you've got that cash flow coming in, make sure that you're taking money out of your business. So don't just keep reinvesting into the business and reinvesting and reinvesting and reinvesting because unfortunately you can't rely on the future sale price or potential assets and that sort of thing. You need to pay yourself, get some money in the bank uh, and invest into some personal assets as well that are going to be able to keep working for you when you know, you've got your, your head down on the pillow at night sleeping. Oh, I couldn't agree more with that. And it took me a number of years to learn that lesson where I was consistently paying myself last with whatever was left over. And usually that wasn't very much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I just reached a point where I, well, first I started ascribing to the profit first method of running my business finances. And that was just an absolute game changer for my own business. Um, but paying yourself first was a big, big lesson. So I definitely can't agree more with that one. It is, it is absolutely massive. And, um, you know, the profit first system, paying yourself first uh, are really, really big ones. Uh, even, if it's, even if it's only 1% of the revenue that you've got coming in, make sure that you're profiting from it. Um, just from a mindset point of view, it makes things so much better. All right, we're going to get right back to this interview soon because it is so good. But I just wanted to ask you a question. Do you feel like there's something blocking you from reaching the next level of income and revenue in your business? If so, I have the perfect thing for you. I call it the Profit Finder, and it's a fantastic quiz that's designed to find the unique key that's going to fit into the lock of your business and discover exactly what's stopping you from reaching that next level of profit. Now, not only are you going to be able to get the quiz and your results, but you're also going to be able to get the next steps, the things, the actions, the strategies that you can use moving forward to get past this income plateau. Now, you're absolutely going to enjoy this quiz and you should definitely check it out today. 
It's called The Profit Finder again, and you can find it at wellpaidcreative.com forward slash quiz. So head on over there today, answer the questions, get your results, and unlock the profit potential in your business. That's wellpaidcreative.com forward slash quiz. All right, so let's get back to the interview. Now, what are there, speaking of mindset, one of my other favorite topics, um, what would you say is a good financial mindset to have as an entrepreneur? Um, as an entrepreneur, I think a good financial mindset, that's a really good question. I think a good financial mindset is probably one where you, you know, I think I think we, we're told as entrepreneurs, as, as business owners, that you just need to be brave and stick it out and confident all the time, right? And, you know, you have to have balls of steel to, to be a successful business owner. You really, really do um, in one way, shape or form or the other. But what you need to be able to understand is that, you know, you can't just run through every wall. And so the right mindset is to, yes, be confident, but understand that you're going to have hurdles that are coming your way. What you need to be doing is be confident about your ability to jump those hurdles and see them coming rather than just trying to be able to crash through them and hit them when they come. So uh, I think the right mindset is to really understand what's coming in front of you, what the risks are, and so that way you can, I suppose, train up um, the, the strength to be able to jump those hurdles. I love that. That's fantastic advice. <laughs> so I want to dig into a little bit more of some practical tips and um, maybe strategies that entrepreneurs can mm-hmm. use, especially if you're a solo printer, because I know a lot of our listeners are, you know, essentially freelancers working from home. Mm-hmm. And they may not think that their finances are, you know, that big of a deal. And what would you say would be some good strategies or techniques that they can use to maybe just manage their money or get a little bit more back from the money that they're making? Yeah. As, as uh, you know, a bit of a general advice warning here, but um, you know, if you're, um, if you're a, a, a solopreneur, or if you, if you're someone who you ha- you is working their own uh, working their own job, but you're a freelancer. You're doing gig to gig, and you're going well, Chris. You know, a lot of times people talk about wealth, and you start wealth when you've got 150k coming in, or whatever it is, or you've got a million bucks in the bank already, and that's when you really start. And I think that when you really need to move that aside, and um, the number one practical tip is you can invest for as little as 10 bucks by getting onto a share trading platform like them or load them you have the ability to to jump onto a listed asset and start investing in it there's a million different things that you can invest into things that are really cheap like listed investment companies exchange traded funds uh, and even direct equities which you know with exchange traded funds and listed investment companies this is all jargon but what they really mean is you know you're able to purchase something and you're able to purchase a few units of it there might be a small transaction fee and what you actually get access to is a really large number of investments. So you're able to spread around your risk really effectively. And you can get into that for as little as 10 bucks. And so, you know, if you've got the ability to do, you know, if you've got the ability to actually make that first investment with 150, 200 bucks, 500 bucks, and you're able to save 100 bucks a week, which isn't a huge amount of money to save, mm-hmm. right? You save 100 bucks a week every week for the next 
10 years uh, or 20 years or 30 years or 40 years. And the share market does over the next 20, 30, 40 years what it, what it has done over the last 20, 30, 40 years. And in 40 years' time, you're likely to have close to about $1.7 million in, in assets. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in 20 years, you're looking at close to $750,000 to $800,000. So the, the power with this is around compounding. So the really, really crucial thing to do as a first sort of a step for those guys that are in that gig economy where they might be making 30 grand a year or 50 grand or 60 grand a year, you start investing, have a look at what you can get into uh, and, you know, just put a little bit in every single week. Uh, if you're worried about the transaction cost, put it in once a month, uh, but make sure that you're putting that hundred odd bucks a week, which really isn't a lot and just invest that, get it in there because that compound growth of time is what is the best thing for you to do. So I would love to be able to shake every 25-year-old in the world and say, invest now because by the time that you're 60, you will have the ability to, and you don't even have to take a huge amount of risk. You don't have to put a huge amount of money in, but by the time you're 60, you're likely going to have the amount of money that you can have the retirement that you want. Wow, and really just being comfortable around that investment and getting, and I'm assuming the more you do it, the better you get at it, right? Often, but you've, you've got to have a certain amount of education with it. So make sure you're learning about it and make sure you're not just giving your money to some random person. But, um, yeah, you've got, to, you've got to understand it to a certain extent. You, know, you don't have to understand all the ins and outs, but you have to understand the function of what it is that you're doing. Um, but the key here is time. Time is the biggest, is your biggest ally. And, you know, the longer that you can invest, the easier it will be to become a millionaire because uh, becoming a millionaire isn't that hard if you've got 35, 40 years up in life. I love that. So what are two things that you wished all of your clients knew before they started working with you? Uh, before they started working with me, I wish um, all my clients knew the dangers of whatever investment was that they came to saw me to actually get organized, right? Because the amount of times that I'll have someone that will walk in the door or that will sit down and I'm by Zoom and they'll say, oh, dude, I want to get into property. Uh, and in Australia, it's this, it's a massive, massive thing at the moment around uh, leveraging your, your current equity within your home and those things to buy an investment mm-hmm. property, which is a great, potentially a great, uh, great thing to do. But you know, they go, yeah, want to buy a property. That's all we want to do. It's like, all right, well, there are certain risks with that. Same with shares, same with listed property, same with, you know, even looking at cryptocurrency and that sort of stuff. You've got to understand that there's you know, there's risk behind it and it's not all uh, silver lining and, and all that sort of thing. So one thing is I wish that they knew uh, that had a little bit more experience. I wish they had had an experience with an advisor before they came and saw me. I would love that. Um, but uh, the one thing that I wish that people knew was that the biggest indicator of financial success, the number one thing is your ability to save money every time you get paid. Bar none, that is the foundation and that's the number one thing that you need to work on. If you're not saving money every time you get paid, you're doing something wrong. Oh, I love that. So write that down, folks. (laughs) So what are some actions that people can take They've just listened to this episode and they're all raring to go to get their money under control. What's some yeah. actions that they can take right now? Um, number one action is to obviously understand where all your money is. Number one thing is to understand where it is so that way you know what's going on. Understand what it is that you're spending your money on 
And they're two things that every financial planner, every finance person will bang on about. Most exciting actionable step to, to take right now is go and have a look at what exchange traded funds are. Go and have a look at what listed investment companies are. Have a look at how much it's going to cost you to actually get into the markets and start investing and, and work out how little you actually need to start making it worthwhile for you. So that's the, uh, that's the, that's, uh, that's probably the most exciting aspirational uh, step that they can take. Perfect. Fine. Okay. So I love asking this question of everybody that comes on the podcast. Do you have a hobby or activity that you do on the side that's just for you? Um, that's just for me. Uh, not necessarily just for me, but uh, my wife are, are partners in all things. My wife and I are partners in all things. And like I said, I'm, I'm living in a little vineyard here. And so we, when we're, when I'm not sitting in the chair, I'm on the tractor uh, and we're growing the vines and all those sorts of things. So uh, we spend a lot of time out in the vineyard working on that and, and really trying to grow that and be a bit creative with it. Wonderful. Okay. So your first uh, bottle, you can just send a batch over here to Canada. Yeah, we'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. So where can people find you online, Christopher? Um, they can find me online on www.wealthion.com.au, which is W-E-A-L-T-H-E-O-N, uh, or they can go to facebook.com forward slash wealthion. Uh, and I'm actually putting together a Facebook group for business owners who want to turn business profit into personal assets. So um, our wealth squad is going to be launching over the next uh, few few weeks, uh, and we're going to be doing monthly live and AMAs. Uh, and so we'll have a lot of that information on our website and on our Facebook as well that they can join from there. Wonderful. And we're going to have all of those links down in the show notes if you guys want to go check them out. Well, thank you so much, Christopher. This has been such a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. No, I've loved it. And thanks so much for being flexible and, and catching up with me on a, on a decent Australian time. Really, really yeah. appreciate it. Of course. Well, thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Well-Paid Creative. All the discussions we have around these episodes mean a lot to me. And I love how much I learn from the creatives who listen in. Before we head out, if you want access to free resources, trainings, and a community of creative pros just like you, visit wellpaidcreative.com where you can find all this and more. Join me for the next episode as we continue discussing how you can grow and love a profitable creative business. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to leave a review or share it with someone you think would benefit. Thanks so much. See you soon.